there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Is this is this the part where I talk? This is, and this is the part we all get the uh, the VoIP feedback because, of course, we're still recording remotely. Um, Michael, we're we're joined tonight. We we said we weren't going to have any guests last time, and we immediately broke that. Keith joined us tonight. Keith, what's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me, boys. Dude, it's always a pleasure to have Dinger Derby join us. Um, <laughs> gosh, I, the last time we recorded for real was at the very end of that last Mississippi State baseball game. Um, and, like, what a way to end, right? Like, this was a, a, a season that we were all <laughs> super excited about. And we were just like, you know what? Okay, we we dropped a you know a road series to a really talented team. Um We've got a conference a conference starting this weekend. We'll get back on it. And then, like, boom, it's gone. <laughs> yep. Just that fast. Just that fast. Um, and it ended with a little shade from Texas Tech at West Virginia, which I still appreciated, even if others didn't. Ooh, do tell. Do yeah. tell. Well, when, it all, when everything started, and we didn't know yet that the whole world was about to get canceled, Texas Tech just tweeted out and said, West Virginia has informed us that they won't travel. And so it was a little bit of a, of a like, hey, they won't come, but we're ready to play. And then everything else went crazy. But at that point, you still could have played some baseball. Probably. The Dukes were up, man. They were ready. I think the Baseball America guys got a little, got their panties in a wad over that one. But I think everybody probably, anybody that pays attention to Twitter or, or Dinger Derby knows what I feel about those guys. So whatever. You guys are besties. <laughs> Not Baseball America. All right. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to dive into that here in a little bit. We will talk basketball. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I've got one bullet point for basketball, a whole lot more for baseball and football, and then just a bunch of like other stuff because that's what the world is right now, just other stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, this is the part where, where we plug our Twitter accounts. I, 23 Personnel Twitter account has been fairly quiet Except for, I guess this afternoon I was on for, for maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, hey, look at you. I know. I was like, I don't have any work to get done right now. What am I going to do with myself? But the past, you know, uh, month has been busy uh, for healthcare. I know it has been for, for Keith at the, the school districts. Um, Michael, you guys are always super busy. You're always talk, talking about how you need more staff there, but I'm sure this hasn't helped anything. But like, it's one of those things where I, I just I didn't realize what it would do to my social media time because I have none outside of work. Anyways, 
if you do want to follow the show, <laughs> you know, for what a great lead in for when we come back to sports, <laughs> you need to hit up 23 personnel at 23 personnel. You need to, uh, you need to follow Dinger Derby at Dinger, Dinger underscore Derby. Uh, follow me at punts suck Michael at Michael underscore LBK and Keith run me your personal account at Keith B. Patrick Keith B. Patrick pretty simple um, we are on the Instagram Instagram.com or not, not, not com nobody ever goes to the website but search 23 personnel podcast on Instagram you can find us there um, you know we do have a merch store I think Michael and I are the only ones that are, are ordering anything which is fine it's cool to wear our own stuff Get high off our own supply, right? Yeah. No, what? It's, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an excuse or a way for us to order T-shirts for ourselves with our logo on it, at a little bit of a discount because it's air quote um, samples. So, anyways, <laughs> these these samples will just happen to fit us exactly. It's, That's all. It's, it would have been like we ordered it personally for ourselves um anyway you, you know I'm, I'm doing a great job selling this teespring.com slash stores 23 personnel podcast all that good stuff um you know i think we will just jump right into basketball it sounds good to me because it, it hurts the most <laughs> yeah i i i would well, say well does it does it though does it hurt the most, the most <laughs> What I mean, they just keep replaying the worst moment in Texas Tech sports history. The worst, best moment. I don't even know how to feel about it, but they keep replaying it. It's still too soon. And today it, I saw tweets of the video of Chris Beard's tears <sighs> from the press conference. Like, it, okay. Go. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Guys, am I the only one? I just okay. Maybe it's maybe it's just me, but they kept replaying the games from last year's tournament, and I'd hop on Twitter, and everybody was live tweeting and watching, and just oh man, that's this is where you know Odiase does this, and this is where Owens oh Owens came back, you know. I could not triumphant return. (laughs) Just some glass shatters off in the background, but I could not. I could not allow myself to watch it. I, I, I probably am not the only one, but I just was like, um, I know how oh, this story God. ends. I know how this oh. ends. I can't even enjoy yep. like round the round of 32, the Sweet 16, the Gonzaga game. None of it. I'm like, nah, I'm, I think I'm good. Not not now. Maybe maybe in a few years. Horrible evening. 
I was I was in a, a box at the USA, and I have videos that I've never gone back to watch again. Of that, of that, I was waiting for the place explodes video, and I kept getting the fans exploding and then kind of sitting back down because something was still happening or something disappointing happened, and then I never got what I wanted. It's awful. I don't want to. I don't want to relive it. <laughs> show me, show me baseball from 1995. I don't want to watch last year's national championship game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm good. You know, let's let's do um, Tech versus Oklahoma State. No. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Wait. On a loop. You know, let's let's do that for football. Let's, let's. I, I mean, we've all seen the Texas game enough, so we can just, we can just bypass that and get a couple others. Maybe where Tech beats OU and Norman on a loop. In football, that that's really it. That's about all we got. But those games are long. That'll eat up some time. <laughs> got four hours, especially if they include the rain delay. God, that OU game might be seven, eight hours. Yeah, so, peanut butter sandwiches was that that one? Oh, that's what that's what you'd have to serve at your OU watch party. It was, but here's the thing Re- with that game: your rewatch party. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. I it was during the rain delay. I was flipping back and forth between that and the Rangers World Series game. And I believe it was one of the nights they could have won it and lost. Ugh. There were a few of those. Well, it was like, it was, I think it was the first one around uh, where Nelson Cruz forgot how to play right field. Um, that was uh, that was the final one. If I don't know that, I'm sorry, you're right. That was the one where they were an out away. Yeah, so the, that was against uh, the Cardinals. And they got back the next year against the Giants, but weren't as close. Anyways, so that, that's fun. That's not basketball at all. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, Did you guys like to talk about nine eleven next? Is that? <laughs> I was well, in seventh grade. <laughs> no, so it, and <laughs> I I did see all the anniversary stuff on, on Twitter, and I guess it was on the sixth uh, when it was the anniversary of us winning to get to the national title game. I was like, man, that that, that was a hell of a night. That, that was a lot of fun. And just being on that high of like, just surrealism, like, holy crap, we're going to play for a national title in a major yeah. sport. And then two two days later to be like, well, that sucks. <laughs> well, yeah. and then somebody ruins it all, that memory, by showing a side-by-side of Broadway that night and Broadway three nights ago. And and showing it, yeah, and it's like thanks for just destroying everything and reminding me that we live in a post-apocalyptic hellscape right now. <laughs> that's not that's not cool, guys. 
Um, but yeah, I, 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 the one thing I wanted to touch on for basketball specifically for this year, 2020 season that ended before the Big 12 tournament started was we're starting to hear a lot of announcements around the country of guys that are declaring their intentions to either return or go pro. Um, and there are at least two guys on the tech roster that I think we're specifically waiting on in Jamias Ramsey and Davide Moretti, um, especially when you start to look at all the guys that are being connected to transfer spots, possibly coming into Texas Tech, and you look at the the roster numbers and scholarships, like this isn't going to work if Ramsey and or Moretti are back. Um, I I think that I, I'm probably on 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 the side of both of them leaving, um, but I I don't know that that, that changes every time I, I think about it. What, what do you guys think about Jamias and or Moretti returning or, or going pro? I've I, I think that there's a better chance that Ramsey would go versus Moretti. I, I think Moretti's probably going to come back if he can travel back. I, I'm I mean, not trying to be funny. I think, I think that could be a legit concern. I don't know because he, uh, he's in Italy right now, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, he was traveling. He was going towards all of it when he was going home. But uh, I know that I've seen one tweet that said that you know he and his family are fine, they're doing okay. Of course, this was a few weeks ago. Hopefully, that's still true. But I would, I would put more uh, stock in him coming back versus Ramsey. It, it just depends. I mean, everything's thrown off. the The draft is different now. I mean, I have no idea. I have no idea what what Ramsey will do. But um, I think it was Labar pointed out in the Slack chat there was some big promotional photo for next year and uh, Ramsey wasn't in it and he took that to think oh that's it he's gone <laughs> he may be right yeah, not in the picture guaranteed yeah not in the picture that's it that's that's how we know <clears throat> I I would think that out of those two Davide Moretti you're most likely to see again depending on what I mean I would think his options right now are to play in Europe and yeah I I thought about it kind of tongue in cheek. You were being serious. I'm like, well, if Moretti's coming back, you better come now because he's going to have to sit in quarantine for like a year and a half before he can do anything. But there's no telling. I think I think that uh, I think Jamias Ramsey was most likely on his way out anyway, and his stock probably would have risen a little bit more. So there's just a lot up in the air with all sports, you know, and what drafts are going to look like and who's evaluating talent and all that. But he at least had a pretty big body of work and was fairly high on some draft boards. So I wouldn't be surprised. And to be totally honest, I mean, let's clear a little room because you got some dudes coming in and he's a dude too, but obviously there was some growing pains this year with him. Yeah. So the, the incoming recruiting classes is considered best ever. And then you're looking at the guys that Chris Beard and his staff are recruiting in terms of grad transfers, um, looking at guards, looking at bigs. Um, although kind of, Depends on where you look. It doesn't look like anybody except for maybe that Purdue uh, transfer harms is really any height. Like it, it look, looks like Beard may have a, a roster of six four to six eight guys um, outside of Chewa if, if he returns. But yeah, like you would think Ramsey. Uh, you know, I I can talk myself a lot easier in, in him going professional than Moretti, although with his. You know, having played professionally and, you know, being in, in, in Europe right now, um, 
it just it's also kind of hard for me to wrap my head around like well he's going to want to come back and do this again um and then when, when i when i look at all the all the guys that beard is in on in terms of grad transfers it's like i i, I kind of use that as justification or uh reasoning is like no he, he Beard's going after so many guys because he's going to have to rebuild the roster again because so many guys are going to be gone. And that's not including the guys that are already on scholarship that maybe aren't returning or, or sorry, aren't going pro, but maybe transferring out. Um, you know, and you can speculate about any of those guys, whether it's playing time or just not a good fit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all I had for basketball. Do you guys have anything else before we move on to the base, the best sport? I mean, I, we don't I, have. Go ahead. go ahead, Michael. No, go ahead. Oh, okay, okay, I'll go first. Uh, I did find because I thought I saw this tweeted the other day, but uh, April sixth, KCBD is reporting that Moretti spoke with an Italian sports newspaper, saying, "quote I have a scholarship. I play in one of the most important schools in America. It is difficult to understand what will happen, but returning to Texas Tech is the most open hypothesis at the moment." That just feels like it was Google translated. I agree. Most open <laughs> hypothesis. I, uh, I I was just going to bring up, and we don't have to run through every potential grad transfer, but there was a seven-footer in some of those potentials. And I'll tell you right now, go Spurs go. I want the Twin Towers at Texas Tech. So bring that this. dude in and let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Get, let's get Big Russ. Let's get in harm's way. Just all the harms. You could just You could just go with all sorts of stuff. You could work with that name so well. And wasn't the wasn't the Purdue guy was this swoopy hair? Yes. My wife was obsessed with him messing with his hair in that game. Yeah. Or those games. Well, and just I mean, just think about it. Russ and Harms, you'd watch that cop show. <laughs> so it just writes itself. There's it's a it's a buddy cop you, just waiting to happen, just a duo right there. You and Spencer have been together too long. Like I I courtesy laughed you, and he just stone faced you on the <laughs> Skype. Like, nope, that wasn't funny. <laughs> I courtesy laugh myself all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ha- I obviously do not have a ton of basketball opinions, but um, I think that if there's any school in America, you can make an argument that this was potentially a positive. It's Chris Beard having a longer off season to bring in more of the guys he wants and continue on the recruiting trail. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that we touched on last time is, is that Chris Beard literally had the shortest amount of recruiting time possible having played on the 8th of April, whereas some people had a three, four, five week head start on them. Um, but this year they're all on, on the same, you know, on the same playing field level court or whatever you want to call it. Um, if you want to stick with the basketball reference, but yeah, it, it certainly helps beard out especially when you consider the the piece that hunter wrote over on um staking the plains how chris beard wins the spring and talking about building a roster and having the time to to go out and find the players to to best fit what he wants to do um you know i i think we would look at this year and say you know he he may have missed on some size or, or he was hoping on uh on um and Tomboy and Tomboy's waiver being approved, and that's where where, where we saw the biggest gap in the, in the in the roster, or that you know, Chewa was supposed to be a little bit further along than he was. Um, you can't doubt 
though, that there was, you know, just a ton of talent on the roster. You see a bunch more talent coming in. Um, and, you know, when he's tied to all these top grad transfers, you know, you can't help but feel pretty good about the direction he's going and how, how this roster will look. You know, going into the 2020-2021 season, um, yeah, but there's just, we're, you know, it would all kind of start with the, to figure out who's coming back from the current roster, how many spots are there to fill, and where those guys are going to be coming from. So I think with that, we'll, we'll talk about, like I said, the, be- the best sport and move to baseball. Yeah. Left field, well struck, Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Would Joe's feelings be hurt if I if I grab some bourbon while y'all while y'all started? <laughs> I kind of want to go refill. <laughs> so you want me to do this by myself? Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. All right, we're good. So I don't know where where you'd like to start, uh, Keith. I, I th- there was one thing I wanted to touch on is that they. There were some of those publications that came out and did release a, um, a postseason ranking, being that the, the baseball season um, is not coming back. They, they, they decided that the spring sports are going to get that extra year of eligibility. But then all the stuff that kind of dominoes that, you know, the, the things you got in here, the draft, um, the waiver, the just the log jam we're going to see with, with the rosters. So where do you want to start, Keith? I thought we could just fill people in just a little bit. You know, baseball is a very unique sport in college athletics. And so I thought filling in just a little bit with kind of why it's such a weird situation with baseball and its relationship with with the MLB, it it kind of plays a lot into just everything that's going on and what they're going to have to figure out. And so, you know, to start, yeah, obviously they canceled it and baseball is a spring sport. So it's included in an extra year of eligibility for all spring a- eligibility for all spring athletes. So I think everybody's pretty aware of that. But the difference in baseball, it's it's not a full scholarship sport. I would argue that you could count on one hand in the past 20 years how many kids have been on a full baseball scholarship. And it's it's pretty doubtful if those are even true. <laughs> Makers 46. Nice. Um, so. What I'm wondering, and, and why I say all that, so 11.7 scholarships for a 35-man roster. And any player that's on scholarship, just to make it more difficult, has to have at least a 25% scholarship. So it's a lot of roster management, a lot of bouncing around. 
uh, trying to keep guys kind of juggled and make sure everybody's getting something and you're meeting all these regulations. So, yes, it was the right thing to do for kids for them to have another year of eligibility. And, yes, you get some relief in your roster limits because seniors won't count. But Texas Tech only has three rostered seniors from this year, John McMillan, Connor Queen, and Brian Klein. So what we're not really talking about yet, and we don't know what it'll look like, I mean, Tech has somewhere in the range of 27 recruits, you know, that are at least in some way connected to the to the process right now. So where are those guys going to fit and who's going to be playing where, um, especially with all these guys that are kind of potentially hanging around? And then the wrinkle in that Major League Baseball draft 40 rounds for the past few years this year, potentially as as few as five rounds in that draft. And uh, it'll probably, if I had a guess, it'll probably be closer to 10. But whatever happens after that draft, every undrafted free agent will only get $20,000. So to put that in perspective, last year, um, the first pick of the sixth round received $360,000 in his slot value. So now that person will receive twenty grand, basically. And then also you have an entire fifth round if it was a five round draft where they can leverage against guys and say, Hey man, you're gonna you're gonna take the risk for twenty or are you gonna take my offer that's a hundred below slot? And so they can start leveraging against guys even into that fifth round, you know, are you gonna risk it not getting drafted or are you gonna let me take you and get you for a deal? You know, so there's just a lot of decisions those guys are gonna have to make. And it's particularly for elite teams like tech that don't have a ton of seniors. There's a lot of questions to answer how you're going to juggle these guys and where they're all going to play. Yeah. Cause like it, it, it puts them in a, in a weird spot. It, it, if I heard you right, the, you said the seniors won't count against the roster. Right. So that doesn't open up a whole lot of space. Like you were saying, cause there's only three roster spots. Um, but then you only have the potential for, you know, the five rounds of draft, maybe more, but you know, that's not a lot of guys leaving college, you know, and, and I, I assume some of those those draft spots will be taken up by high school players. Yeah, and I, I would think there probably aren't going to be a ton this year. I mean, there'll be some, maybe not as many in the, as in the past, but Don Williams and Tim Tadlock, Don Williams did kind of a three-piece series sitting down with Tadlock, and, and he said, look, I think that we have three top five guys right now. You know, and there's a, a few other guys that could sneak in if somebody liked them. And you got guys that are eligible, like Dylan Noisy's eligible, Cal Conley's eligible, uh, Jacob Rustowski, who we barely got to see as a JUCO transfer. I mean, there's a lot of other guys that are draft ready in a normal draft and may not be this year. And it just depends on how it shakes out and what the length is. Yeah, so I I guess it goes back to the point you were making that it's just going to create just this logjam of players. You're going to have a lot of. Mm-hmm eligible players whether it's college or professional they're going to end up with no place to go yeah and so i i said this to to gus and george the other day you know um this is the greatest thing for college baseball as a if you're a fan of college baseball the level of talent is about to take a big jump and it's going to take 
three years to really kind of smooth back out, you're going to end up with this extra talent for a while because the 2021 draft is most likely only going to be 20 rounds anyway. It's going to be cut down also. And I think some of this too is Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred really wants to cut down the minor league system. He really doesn't like the farm club system. And if he can use college to be his farm club and it doesn't cost him a dime, then why wouldn't he? And so I think that there's some positives with that for Major League Baseball and college to work together, but there's some negatives. So while it's great for college baseball, it may be it's definitely going to be bad for a lot of players. And so it's going to be a tough year rather than just cutting guys off at the knees and saying, good luck, you know, sorry, you're going to lose the year. They try to do the right thing, but then it, it brings up a whole other set of difficulties. So I think that what you're going to see also, and this is kind of hot off the presses tonight, Kendall Rogers is reporting that there'll be a meeting and then a, a, a vote in May, and it's expected to pass that there'll be a one-time a transfer waiver for college baseball for D one baseball. Hmm. So kids could transfer anywhere and not lose the year. So you may see just a ton of movement as kids move around, particularly into some mid-major type programs and, and places that have some openings. And then you're also going to see schools that say my seniors aren't coming back. And Barry Alvarez uh, has said that for Wisconsin, that no seniors are coming back into their spring sports, which I think is a really awful move, you know, when you consider student athletes, but, if they if they're making the numbers work, you know, the athletic departments have to think about the dollars as well. And, you know, for tech, I think they released that they're looking at a three and a half million dollar hit uh, just from this spring. And then that's assuming that you have a full college football season. Uh, and that's not considering the amount of scholarship money that you're going to have to commit to, you know, depending on seniors and things of that nature. There's also been something in college baseball for a while, and it's giving seniors uh, academic scholarship, like academic relief, uh, rather than, or, um, sorry, uh, financial relief rather than scholarship. So you could put a senior on a full ride and they wouldn't count towards your roster or your scholarship numbers. That's kind of been an idea that's around. I think if there's a time to do that, it's a great time, you know, take care of those guys and not hurt what you're doing, but it, it's just, and I'm, I'm kind of brain dumping all these things out because it is, it, there's a lot of it, but, um, it's really going to be difficult, you know, for, for these coaches to figure it out. And for high school seniors right now, I yeah. mean, if anybody is getting screwed in this, it's, it's high school across the board, not just baseball, but mm-hmm. high school seniors yeah. are getting screwed. Yeah. We, we talked about that briefly last week or well, was, I guess it was two weeks ago. I don't know. Time flies when you're isolating, but it was, that was one of my main concerns too, not just with baseball, but with, with everything, but baseball was definitely a big one because you probably had some senior who, was just getting started in a season. He, he or she, I mean, softball too. Uh, all these spring sports may have had a, a plan, you know, a couple, you know, one or two offers to a low school, like a D3 or something like that. And then was really kind of hoping to build up and maybe had the chance to and, and build their stock. And, and then now that's just kind of gone away. So they don't, one, they didn't get a chance to even really play a season to build their stock. And then two, all these teams are going to be like, nah, we're, we're good we're okay. There's not going to be a lot of people thinking, Oh yeah, let's take a chance on a bunch of freshmen or we can have the exact same team we had last year and not have to burn a roster spot on our seniors. Yeah. And that's an interesting dynamic too, because you have schools like, I think TCU, I think they have nine seniors on their team and mid majors also carry a lot of seniors because those guys aren't getting drafted as often. So that's a whole other kind of dynamics so you're going to carry another power five school in your conference is going to get to carry you know a roster of of 44 kids 
and other schools are not going to have that. And that's just a depth of guys too, you know, just based on injuries and things like that, that kind of unevens the playing field a little bit. Yeah, so, so there you go. I, hashtag I, baseball. Hashtag baseball. <laughs> I would go back and, you know, touching your point about just the overall talent level of, of college baseball going up and it's going to be across the board, right? All, all the levels, junior college, just all yeah. these, all these players trying to find a spot to play. Um, and, and that'll be good to see, but like, you know, it's not going to come without detriment to, to a lot of players that would otherwise be playing at a larger school or have a bigger opportunity to, to shine and, 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 you know, work on the, on their draft stock. Um, and then, you know, the, the senior rule that you, you just point out in the conference, it's going to have, you know, a conference opponent of Texas tech carrying six more players than potentially you can next year because of the senior rule. Um, you know, uh, allowing there to be depth. You know, a lot of the, a lot of people look at championship contending teams being deep, uh, especially in the bullpen. Um, you know, and, and if, if you were stacked that way this year, and you got you know those upperclassmen, um, you know, it, it could really kind of shift the tide of who would be considered a contender next season, where otherwise they wouldn't, or they'd be more on the outside looking in. Um, I'm I'm personally glad I'm I'm not not involved in any of those decisions of trying to decide you know who yeah. who on my roster is coming back who who are the the high school guys that I've offered that I I can't take on anymore um that's it's it's an impossible decision for coaches like Tadlock to be in um, I don't envy it I I look forward to the return of sports but also like realizing t- sports like you know here in the spring um, they're just gonna have just a whole different mess of things to deal with that they wouldn't have otherwise and nothing really to prepare them to say, Hey, you know, I've done this before, or I had this one situation in in junior college. Like, no, this is like unprecedented, which I guess kind of helps level the field. Everybody's going to have the same kind of concerns, but like you just, you've got no preparation for what you have to do this spring, this summer, or for however, however long it's going to go on, um, it's it's just like you know it you, it's a at least in my mind a lose lose situation for the guys that made the decision because you either you're screwing over the, the high school players or um, you know it's uneven to some teams based on roster size and who's who's an upperclassman who's a senior um, and then the draft kind of creating this bottleneck of forcing players to stay in college but then not having enough roster spots and. Man, it's a mess. Keith, I wanted to ask you real quick. The You mentioned uh, that the coach in Wisconsin was letting go of his seniors? It was Barry Alvarez, so he's the uh, athletic director there now. And and so what was the decision there? Was it just a financial thing, or was it – I mean, I didn't even know that was – I guess it's an option. I mean, it's technically you could let go of anybody, I guess. But Well, <clears throat> the way the NCAA – structure that deal was basically their it their every school has to put in these waivers but the waivers are automatically approved and so i think what they're doing is refusing to to offer the sports and so i just can't imagine a power five school doing that but i think he's trying to avoid or mitigate some of what we're talking about with this log jam and and thinking about recruiting that's coming in i also just think that there's some dollars involved i mean you're talking about I mean, some schools are probably talking about half a million or a million dollars, you know, as far as as far as 
continuing scholarships and then trying to add new people in. And so, you know, I don't know the particular situation, but I think that's, you know, when you're in this stuff and when you're a fan, of course you love the sport and you love the team, but you, you get bought in on the guys too, and you want what's best for them. And so that, or all the athletes, guys and girls. And I think that I just, I find a hard time seeing a guy like Kirby Hocutt making a decision like that in the, just flying in the face of an opportunity for student athletes to compete. I mean, I, I think the only way that we would see Hocutt specifically do that, if it was more widespread, um, it, it's not something I, I think he would pioneer and, and jump out and do, um, because it's, 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 it's a terrible look, right. To just say, you know, Hey, there's yeah. a, there's a large group of the student athletes that I'm, I have charge over responsibility for, and I'm, they're not coming back. Yeah. Sorry about uh, you. Well, and you see that kind of news happen at, at this, you know, and they're blazing the trail on that. And then the other side of the spectrum, Iowa state's coaches are all taking a pay cut to help fund whatever's happening in the athletic department coming forward. And I'm not saying they're all chivalrous and wonderful, but I think, think I would, I think you would be more likely to see that happen at a place like Texas tech than you would to see them say, sorry about the student athletes, but we got to keep this boat rolling forward. Yeah. So, and maybe I'm just looking through rose colored glasses, but I would prefer to believe that I do have two pieces of good news and they're awful at the same time. So (laughs) on one, one, if you haven't heard Texas tech baseball will open the season next year, opening weekend will be at the new globe life field. um, And it will be in a tournament there against UT, uh, UT, Arkansas, TCU, Ole Miss and Mississippi state. Texas Tech will be a part of that. So that's loaded. That's an amazing weekend. Yeah. And a terrifying way to start your season. Like you right. ain't playing Maine. You know, <laughs> this is a serious competition. And then also, Tech will play in the Shriners Classic next year, which is a tournament, an annual tournament in Houston. It's a six teamer also. I don't remember exactly who's in there. I know Texas State. Is, I think it's an all Texas tournament this year. So Texas State, I think Sam Houston's in there, Tech. Um, I think TCU, I can't remember, A&M's in there. So uh, they released the schedule for that. Texas State kind of released their side of the schedule so you can piece it together, who's playing whom. And George and Gus sent that to me, and I responded with, that is 11 months away. 11 months. That baby is on March 7th. So that feels awful. And I don't know what to do with myself like until July. No. No, not even at all. No, I mean, yeah. I, it's it's been really weird. I, I know that we're we're still kind of talking about this the sports aspect of things, but I'm just going to kind of veer off slightly. I have missed sports, but then again, I haven't missed it like I thought I would. But I, I know it's because I'm not a diehard baseball fan right now, and the basketball season was kind of coming to, to an end anyway. So. I don't know. I may feel different if if we're having this same conversation in September, but, but I don't know. You know, really, I've thought about this quite a bit. I don't know if I'd miss tech football this season. <laughs> well, so I, I think I'd, I think I'd be all right. You know, we we uh, might just all need a, a gap year and just just, just kind of regroup. Just a rum spring of for tech football. Just everybody, right? Anyway. Take five. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I was just kind of just thinking about how how odd it's been to not have sports, but then how weird it has felt to not miss it as much as I thought I would, especially and just like 
like coil against it when you see those games from last year, like we talked about earlier, like, no, I don't want any part of that. I know we beat Michigan State. I don't care. I don't want to watch it. I'm done. I, I can't handle it. So I, I don't know if that's just me or if, if you guys have kind of filled the void with some other things or if it's just still a void. I know for me, like Spencer was saying, I've just been really busy. And so um, I, like every other American, have discovered my second hidden talent of drinking as a as a fantastic as a hobby that I'm really good at. But no, I mean, seriously, just I, I've been busy. I've missed sports. I definitely mourned tech baseball in particular, but also high school sports, which I'm, you know, closely connected to. And uh, I've, I filled the void. I'm at the point where like I'm watching Ken Burns baseball right now and, and it doesn't hurt me to do that. <laughs> um, but I'm more in what could have been. And I don't just mean, I don't mean the, you know, the potential national championships. It's just the memories. Like I was looking forward to going to Omaha. I've made friends there. Um, I look forward to those times at the ballpark. You know, one of our players' parents asked me, hey, will you just keep everything that he's on, like tickets and, you know, schedule cards and just like just send me stuff because they live far away and didn't get to see those little those little things. And I mean, I was pretty emotional putting those in an envelope and sending them to him and wondering if we're going to see him play again, you know. And um, so I definitely kind of went through a mourning period. And but I really enjoyed the other night watching. I watched. Uh, and I know Spencer watched it too when Cal Ripken broke Lou Gehrig's record and got his uh, 2,131st uh, game played. You know, that was awesome to watch baseball from 1995. But I think that's the lesson. I don't want to watch games from last year. I want to watch stuff that's classic, you know, and enjoy yeah. that and kind of take the time to fill the void with some of those kinds of things or things that I haven't experienced or didn't get to experience as an adult, you know, and I I'm all about that, but... I don't know. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for Texas Tech football right now. I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it. Um, I do know at my at work, the way I feel, just the way the the way we're doing business and what we're taking care of right now. When I get a an email from a vendor, if I had the power, I would ensure that we never spend a dime with them. And when I got a "Here's your upgrade date" email from Texas Tech Athletics, that was not what I was looking to receive that day for football tickets. You know, oh, so come on. Yeah. You got yeah, an I upgrade thing. I got the, I got the date, like when my giving level could upgrade my seats, you know, which is not what I'm trying to do. But and I know they're just trying to to take care of business. And we're all trying to figure out what can we plan for in the future? You know, how far away is something we can still count on? But it wasn't what I was looking for. And it's not what I'm thinking about right now. I know last month I missed not missed. I declined a lot of calls from a 742 number here in Lubbock, and I have a feeling it was the athletic ticket office trying to get me back on board. That's got to be a really tough sell right now. <laughs> hey, like tougher hey, than normal. Hey, your job right now is to go sell more season tickets. Like, is there going to be a season? Well, I don't know, but you're going to sell tickets for it. <laughs> we got seven home games. Uh, <laughs> hell or high water, maybe. We'll, we'll never can't. We'll never cancel it. We'll just postpone and hold on to the money. <laughs> oh what if they can do some sort of uh, six foot buffer football? Maybe that's the future. Maybe that's what we need to plan for, anyways. Just there's your excuse. Yeah. It's why is there all the? Why can I see all those empty seats? Oh, it's a social distance game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The problem is you're only that, allowing a sixth of the crowd in. 
Yeah, the, the problem is that you, you'd have to you'd have to still recruit that many people to get there because that's what we were normal normally getting last year. Ouch. Yeah. Um, so speaking of maybe not missing tech football, you know that the spring game was supposed Wait, to be tomorrow never, night. You never answered. You never answered the, the question. Are you morning sports? Are you just busy? Um, I, I, I've been busy enough to not be morning it that I, today was the first time in like three or three and a half weeks I've been in my office. Um, and there were a stack, like a, a small stack, but there was a stack of Texas tech baseball t- tickets. I had t- torn out of our season ticket books. Oh, that kind of hurts for me to use. Um, one set was for the West Virginia series. One set was for Oklahoma, which would have been this weekend. I was like, man, that like, it was just like, it was just a really tough reminder. Like that the season's gone. Right. Like, and it's, it's weird to feel bad about and in the midst of everything that's going on right now. Um, no, currently, I mean, maybe it's because we've just been busy enough where it's still kind of new. I haven't really mourned it. Like there hasn't been like a, a long enough drought, but I've, I really missed it. I've, I've, I've turned on a couple historic games. Um, and it ended up being more of like background noise more so than it would have been maybe had I turned it on two months ago. Um, I think more for me, it was more sad about the possibility. Um, and I know Keith, you said, you know, you're, you're going to miss going to Omaha. This is one of those things I've, I've been kicking around for several years and I, I, I was probably getting closer to going maybe this year and that, you know, that that's out. Um, you know, I I have wanted to go to you know NCAA tournament games, and we had the opportunity last season to go in, into Dallas. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to do that, obviously. Um, but I, I guess for me, I mean, you all know that, that I I work in healthcare, and so it's it's been nothing. Like I haven't really had a chance to catch my breath. I I I'm taking tomorrow off. Um, one you know because you know it's. Good Friday, uh, but it's also it'd be my, my first day off in like a month. Um, so it, it'd be good to kind of you know to get away from that. I was planning on, on helping my, my brother-in-law out build a, a shed or building whatever you want to call it out of his new place. Uh, the concrete slab didn't get poured. So I, I I have nothing to do tomorrow. I was like, well, what am I going to do? And you know, I don't have things to get ready for. I don't have a little league season to prepare for, you know, our the season basically got canceled on the last night of practice before spring break. Um, we're, we're kind of on hold for that. Like they, they keep sending out when well, I say keep, but they, 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 they've sent out several times, I guess, communication saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're still planning on playing this season into the summer if we have to. And then on the other hand, I, I got a lot of parents of, of kids on my team. that are like, Hey, so when are we going to get that refund? <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the, in the <laughs> like, well, the league says they're still planning on having a season. I know that you signed up for, you know, a, a February to May. This may be like June to August. And I've had s- some parents say, you know, hey, I, you know, assuming that life returns normal and we're able to, to move about the country, like I've got plans. I've, I've, was not planning to have the summer be spent on baseball since we we're supposed to be done with that in early May. So, so I've got parents that have said, Hey, if, 
if the season gets put back on for the summer, we won't be there. So it, 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 it's, it's been weird. Like I haven't had anything to, to, to pull me into sports um, because I, I guess I've been so busy with work, but you know, long story short, I haven't mourned it yet. More of the, the possibilities of, of things. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I think the, the two sports that I would be more hopeful and meaningful postseason play are the ones that got canceled or postponed or whatever you want to call it this season. Um, whereas I don't think I would have been, you know, put out as much as if it had been football, which is something I think we were kind of hinting at. Um, I, 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 I don't know if this will go into the fall and affect the football season. Um, eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I mean, everybody's still kind of moving ahead as if, as if we'll have a football season. It's kind of weird to say in, in April that we're going to for sure play or for sure cancel a season that's supposed to start in five months. Um, but I, you know, not, not so much tongue in cheek. I don't know if I would miss football as much as I are going to miss baseball and basketball. I I mean, yeah, for me, that's obvious. Like I am 100% bought in on baseball and I think about it all year and, and pay attention to it all year. And yeah, football, I mean, there have been years I've just taken time off from even paying attention to it and I'm not out on it and I, I want good things and I look forward to it and I have season tickets, but yeah, I agree with you. My concern is more kind of particular, I guess, or, or global, a higher level view. I was listening to a podcast that said, you know, the estimates are that, that 75 to 80% of college football teams or college athletic programs could cease to exist if a college football program didn't happen. And I think that's probably a little dramatic. Like a lot of schools would, would subsidize programs, especially in this situation, you know, for three to five years to kind of get back to, to normal or whatever. But uh, when you think about the amount of money that flows through college football and you look at the amount of money the NCAA lost from March Madness and then you multiply that into football, it could be devastating. And that's just talking about D1. You know, that, that was just in F, that was 75% of FBS programs. That's not even considering all the other levels. So that's scary to me. I, I don't, this has been crazy, and I, I'm proud of the way the country has responded to a lot of necessities and confusion, um, but I would certainly like it not to completely alter our entire way of life and something that, that we all enjoy in college athletics, you know, and just this massive change in what exists and what doesn't anymore. So I, I'd certainly hope you can find, you know, a way to go back. Maybe the, uh, maybe the NFL could, could bail us out. <laughs> maybe we could sign up for some some of that bail uh, money from uh you know the nfl or the nba or you, you know what's amazing to me and I, I know you're kidding but like so the the whole the whole draft thing with the mlb you know that was all in agreement with the players association and so there were some raises that happened in all this for minor league baseball and that was long overdue and some ways to keep those guys paid because they're they're just some of the worst paid people in the you know modern world, but <clears throat> it, it blows my mind how little the professional ranks, like the the labor unions, uh, the players associations, do anything to consider their future membership. 
you know, and the guys who will at some point be joining their ranks. And I know that's not their mission, but you would think that those considerations would be there rather than just say, yeah, burn them. Just, <laughs> just burn every amateur. We don't need them. <laughs> None of these guys are amateurs. <laughs> this is I, I never going understand. to end. This is yeah, great. Right. <laughs> hey, did, did y'all see, I'm, I don't think I'm making this up. I think I heard this, that uh, Major League Baseball is looking at playing a lot of games in Phoenix, in, Arizona. in the yeah, Phoenix yeah. area. Yeah, I think that what the conversation has been is they want to get back to playing. They know it won't be in full stadiums, so they'll try to get teams in a general area together. And that, you know, Arizona is a hot spring training area, so there's a lot of facilities you know, that could have small groups of fans or really none at all, but that already have some TV capabilities too. Um, and they can, you know, they could televise everything. I would certainly rather watch that than a major league baseball game in a, you know, with 60,000 empty seats. Yeah. Well, and that would, I mean, I think that would be really interesting because gosh, if, if they're going to do that, they're going to be just churning. There may be four or five games going on at once. Or something like that, or I don't know how many games they could play in a day. So I short amount of time, and I'm sure a lot of the TV people are just kind of salivating because they're they're tired of showing Depends commercials and you know whatever else they can get their hands on right now. Yeah, so I I, I did see something. Um, this is from an, an umpire's perspective but he was he was weighing in on on the possibility of of the baseball season going forward uh in arizona and they talked about um like this may be a way for baseball to implement a electronic strike zone a whole lot easier um they they mentioned that they would they really can't move players positions but they can move umpires positions um, and like the plate umpire would would not be really in the vicinity of the home plate like where you normally see him, um, which then like the mechanics and how like what his role is and all that kind of stuff and all the stuff that I guess he's responsible for would get changed and um, maybe they're, they're kind of seeing the the opportunity uh, to kind of fast track the electronic strike zone thing. Um, in the sense of we have to we have to make sure that the the older umpires are still safe in social distancing, <laughs> um, which doesn't really make sense if they're going to put all those guys together. Um, I I did hear that they have kind of provisions in place to expand their roster size in case anybody gets sick that they can just plug and play somebody else um, and not have to deal with juggling a roster um, with smaller numbers if and when an outbreak happens on a team that they can just kind of move guys in it. I don't know. It, it, from what I saw, it was very, it felt very shady and just like really weird how they were going to try to force a baseball season to happen and to have it work. Um, never let a crisis go to waste. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You were seeing a lot of that these days. Yeah. And, I mean, with the electronic strike zone thing, I've heard some different ways of trying it. And to me, there is still a role for the home plate umpire. You know, the strike zone is electronic. They see a light. That's kind of one way that's been talked about. You, they see a light like in center field, you know, one a red or a green for a strike or a ball or whatever. But then they have the ability to still make their own call. 
they deliver the call from the light, but if they disagree with what the electronic did, they can make their own. So they still get a chance to punch guys out whether they deserve it or not, which is really all umpires are there for. They want to punch people out. They do it 20% more than they need to. But, okay, so <laughs> I mean, call guys safe or out at home. is part of baseball. Like, how, who am I going to have to yell out when they punch out Gabe Holt from you know, the, other strike, the other batter's box? You know, like, I need somebody to yell at. That's that's the whole purpose. Like, imagine the number of ejections based on arguing balls and strikes when the uh, home plate umpire calls a, a strike that the electronic strike zone calls a ball. Um, <laughs> like, dude, you were, you weren't even close. The the strike zone should be more accurate. Like, no, overruled, overruled. No, <laughs> no, I, I want Not this guy out. Court. <laughs> and that would be a mess. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we've talked about baseball forever. Do we need to move on? Before we jump into football, I wanted to remind you that with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, and it's a two-time winner of Cena Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard the inside and you barely notice it's there but what's truly remarkable is you can set this up all by yourself that's right anyone can do it it takes about 30 minutes to an hour and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety you'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24 7 and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. With Tom delivered. sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown to Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Yeah, you guys want to talk about uniforms or like what's next? <laughs> um, I, I guess really quickly, the the spring game was supposed to be tomorrow night. That's not happening, obviously. Are are we sad? I would not have gone, but I'm sad because I would have been calling a high school baseball game, and I won't get to do that. So I'm sad about that. Yeah, I don't think I would have gone either because it's a Friday night and. I don't ever really learn anything from a spring game. I've no. been to enough to know that I've learned nothing. I, I think, you know, a red and black game in baseball, you can learn more because it's basically nine on one or whatever. You know, you can kind of you can learn some skills and see see what guys are doing. And then I'm, I'm sure Tadlock kind of throws people out in different positions and stuff and tries things out. But in football, man, I just don't I have no idea. 
I, I, I can never get a good grip on it. And then I think almost every instinct I've had from a spring game has been wrong. I, I got one thing from a spring game and it proved to be true that Chad Glasgow was a crazy person. <laughs> Everyone knew that you after that spring game. You didn't even need to like go to the spring guy. Like that that was on display all of spring practice, which I think was fairly open um, because Tuberville wanted to, to have that transparency. So he, he had a lot more open practices. And they were like, who is this? this? This dude's a psycho. Like we are we are in Jones Stadium with like 10,000 people, probably generous, and hear him screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was probably a, a, a mild day, too. It's like it's like from uh, Friday Night Lights when when they're going crazy and Billy Bob Thornton's like, sit down. I like enthusiasm, but my goodness. <laughs> um. So yeah, I I I would look at um, something else again. It's, it's kind of strange to talk about the season that may or may not happen, but I guess Caesars released their twenty 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 win totals uh, and put Tech at six. Where do you guys, assuming a season happens, a, a full un unaltered season? Um, I I won't I won't spoil your your opinions with mine. That six feels like. An unachievable number, boy. What do you guys say? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, um, I was gonna say, hammer the under. That was that was what I was gonna say. It's a good uh, Tucker Low Rants piece of advice. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have a bunch of tight ends. Big ones. Is that next year? Great segue. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, I think they're twenty twenty one class. I think you're right. Oh, even worse. Never mind. Uh, I'll say this: If Donovan Smith is the quarterback, I'll take the over. Otherwise, no. There's some home cooking for you. <laughs> the Donovan Smith defender has logged on. Everybody, <laughs> I've, I've told y'all about him. He's here. I'm excited to see Donovan Smith. Um, I have no idea what will happen this year, and I hope that if if he takes a snap, it's for a good reason. I'll say. I'll say this. Yes, and this is in all seriousness because I watched him play all season. He's an awesome kid. He is he is everything you want. He's humble. He's smart. He's a great leader. I think he's in the mix. That's why I make the joke. I think he's in the mix. I think that he has that kind of upside and the potential, and you have enough unknowns that he could be, with all these guys coming back from injury and that kind of stuff, he could truly be in the mix. And I'm not saying he's going to be your starter for sure, but I think it's possible. But, yeah, I mean, because really, you've got Bowman, you've got McIver, like you said, both coming back from injuries. You've got the kid from Snyder, and then you've got Donovan. And I mean, it's it, it's not inconceivable to me that Donovan could work his way up to third string probably very quickly. And depending on how either of the other guys are doing, health-wise or just skill-wise, he could crack into that you know, top two. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to oversell the kid or, or, you know, overhype him or put too much on his plate to try to live up to or anything, but I, I'm excited that he's, he's going to be there and uh, there's a chance we may need him uh, sooner than we thought. First of all, thank you for saying MacGyver. Even, even Matt Wells calls him Maverick MacGyver. Um, <laughs> and actually uh, Pete Mundo calls him Maverick Macavor, which I don't even know how you get to that. That's ridiculous. Um, I, here's a couple wrinkles with Donovan. He's only played really one year 
of starting QB as his that, senior year in high that's school. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and so he's got incredible talent and skills and athleticism, and I truly did, and I made the comparison on radio one time. I really did see him do a couple of Pat Mahomes-esque things, you know, with the arm strength across the body on the run kind of stuff. I'm not saying it was nonstop all the time, but those kinds of things were there. Um, and another kind of neat wrinkle, uh, t- Friendship's head coach, Jay Northcutt, was the offensive coordinator at Sac in in the DFW area, and he coached one of the QBs that Wells had at Utah State. So they're familiar with each other. Um, he's familiar with what kids are learning from that high school system and coming to college with. And so you got a guy like Donovan that's been in that system for a year, um, that's a coach's son, that's a smart kid that came from a big-time school but played as a wide receiver, really. And you come in pretty raw to learning – and you've also been here in a program. The spring semester of senior year. Spencer, are you still there? I think we I, we heard a weird noise. Yeah. So there was there was a, just a weird drop in, in my my audio there. Sorry, guys. So. Keith, you were talking about uh, Donovan, and you said he he had shown some Mahomes-like things, and you know he played the one season. Can, can you? I, I, I'm sorry. Can you briefly recap everything else you said after that? <laughs> <laughs> just 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 so we we know what what was said because the audio on this end was was gone. Okay. <laughs> um, I was saying I'm I'm not saying I saw him do. Patrick Mahomes things all the time, you know, Super Bowl MVP level stuff. But there were some things from arm strength, accuracy, throwing on the run across the body that were that were positives. And then the other I think after I said that, I mentioned that the connection also with Donovan is the head coach at Friendship. Jay Northcutt was the offensive coordinator at Saxe in the DFW area. And coach Northcutt there as the OC coached a quarterback that Matt Wells had at Utah state. So they're familiar with each other from that standpoint, that kind of system transfer, there's familiarity there. And you have a guy like Donovan who just spent a year in that program at friendship was successful and has been in very close physical proximity uh, to Texas tech, obviously being here in a Lubbock school, Lubbock area school, and is also connecting with a lot of those recruits coming in you know, the learning curve may be small as far as walking into tech and picking up a system. You're a raw guy with just a, a year of, of uh, play under your belt. You're certainly in a position to, you know, to learn whatever they want to teach you and not have any preconceived notions to, you know, or bad habits to break. All right. That so, makes sense. And, and I mean, it's not like he was running a flex bone offense. You know, he was here running a spread offense and, you know, setting setting school records at a, at a school that's had some pretty big quarterbacks, including Kendall Bryles, and has had um, a lot of success, you know, offensively. And he, I mean, he was something to watch. And so I just, I just think he's special, and I'm excited to see him. Not that the other guys there aren't aren't quality too, but there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns with Alan Bowman's health, and there's a lot of unknowns with Maverick McIver as well, who has now basically not played football in almost two seasons. He tore his ACL his senior year at San Angelo Central and then broke the foot last year and was out. So who knows? And I don't know anything about the guy from Snyder. 
But I like the way the disdain that you said Snyder. <laughs> Did I, I didn't even mean to do that. Like some Merkel hate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit. They were they were in our district. Uh, I think by the time I graduated, home of the white buffalo. That's right. The Snyder Tigers. We we kind of touched on it a little while ago. The Matt Wells and recruiting trail is going after some tight ends with some height. There were two commits in the past couple of days um, that are six. What were they? Six six and six eight. Um, six seven six eight, I believe. Six seven six eight. So there there are some large tight end, you know, tall. Excuse me, not large, but tall tight end. Uh, high school guys being recruited. Um, one's got just like an absolute gem of a name, Jed Castles. Like just Jed is just a beautiful, beautiful tight end name. Yeah, Jed Castles, love it. I think I think Castles was six six, and then you've had two since him that were seven and eight, right? I've been trying to keep. I know it's it's been hard to to figure that out for sure. I think Kyle had something about that in here. I'm gonna see because I I think you're right. I think uh, Jed's Jed's the wee lad of the three. <laughs> and then Mason Tharp, I guess, is the newer one. He's six seven, two twenty five. Spencer now com- Spencer now coming to us from orbit on the International Space Station. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. I this this internet thing is, is a, your go your go for extravehicular activity. Yeah. Um, are you are you going to harvest some potatoes? I, oh to, oh that was that was that was a deep reference there, Michael. Good job. Night. Now you're just unintelligible. I know, I know. I'm not sure what's going on over there either, man. I think there's some some bandwidth issues. Getting, getting throttled over there at the South headquarters. I think your wife's on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> she's on she's on BitTorrent downloading season after season of Mr. Science Theater. Mr. Science oh, Theater. Oh, BitTorrent. Wow. Got that got that LimeWire working. Yeah. Got a what was the one that started with a K? Was the one that started with a K? Kazah. Yeah, that's the one. If anyone's listening, I never used it. No, I, I have no experience with any of these platforms. Dealing with some internet issues. Apparently, according to Michael, the uh, the wife here at Twenty Three Personnel South is eating up the bandwidth for some unsavory purposes. We'll see. Um, I'll have a conversation. Well, it could be savory if she if she mines that Bitcoin. Then uh, <laughs> I mean, you guys may have to y- y'all may retire. We y'all may go off the grid. We may never see you again. And talk about a, a callback. That, that was one of the things we, we joked about, like first starting <laughs> out one. 2018, <laughs> mining Bitcoin. Yeah, that we were going to be a cryptocurrency podcast, and that lasted like two weeks. <laughs> we got a few more clicks, and then uh, and then they immediately realized that uh, we were we were full of it. Well, that and apparently we also ripped off the uh, the name of a podcast of a gun rights enthusiast weekend talk show out of Austin. That's true. Little did they know that Michael would become an influencer. <laughs> I know they they really missed the boat. I could have really promoted their brand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I 
I think moving on from football and just other sports stuff, there, there's so many things that are going on social media-wise, rankings and all that kind of stuff. I, I wanted to quickly get your pulse on some of these things. Uh, we'll talk about Tech's best and worst uniforms. Uh, I, I think we'll stick with football because I think it's it's too – there aren't really a whole lot of bad uniforms We go to basketball unless you go old and – you can't convince me that we've had a bad baseball uniform. So we'll do best and worst football uniforms. Uh, there was recently a, a best logo bracket coming out of, of, of tech. Um, there's a radio station here in town that did a, a, a bingo card um, and then sports movies if we have time. So let's, let's do the uniforms really quickly. Um, Keith, I, I, I know you've got some really powerful and strong opinions on worst uniforms. <laughs> So I want to start there. So I don't really remember like every combo and all that, but I do generally have strong any opinions. I hated all of the, I love the cause, but like the lone survivors, the, uh, the Texas games, like some of that stuff just got way too out there for me. Um, but just in general, um, gray uniforms and their debut in particular, the Thursday night game against ECU, that is just butt sweat on national TV. Like that's all <laughs> that uniform is. That was a weird day. Anyway, I remember I worked at the American Cancer Society. I hid some uh, some forties of Coors Original in my pickup, and my wife, my girlfriend at the time, and I walked across campus. She's like, "Is it okay that we're drinking?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's a football game. It's four o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday, <laughs> but Thursday. whatever." <laughs> um, but it just one. It's not us. It looks bad. They were all gray, if I recall those. Yeah, it was and, uh, head to toe with gray. Any Lubbock area folks too that that has heard of or knows George McMahon? He's a huge tech supporter. He's a he's a home builder and land developer here. Great guy. Basically retired now. He hates the gray uniforms with a passion. And, you know, he's a guy with some some million-dollar stroke that can tell the athletic department how stupid they are. So I always enjoy his rants on Facebook about gray uniforms <laughs> and how much he hates them because uh, he hates them more than anyone. But, yeah, I think somebody put up a picture on Twitter with that conversation of the – I think it was the lone survivor with the red or Operation Red Wings with the red and stuff like that. It, it just got a little far for a while there. Like, I keep it simple. Like, just dress like the Atlanta Falcons. It's fine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so let, let's stay with the worst uniforms. Michael, which ones to you were the worst? Uh, for me, I love the Lone Star logo. Um, that's my second favorite logo. Spoiler alert. Um, but anyway, that, that's my second favorite logo. But the Wait, Which one's that? The, is that the Texas with the double T? Yeah, that's the black right. Texas with the double T focused over Lubbock, sort of. That's the floor. Is that the floor of basketball now? Ish? Yes, I think it is. I think yeah. it is. Um, the, going back to that, though, with even with the Lone Star logo involved, I forget which year it was, but the Lone Star Pride uniforms. One, we would always get our butts handed to us wearing a Lone Star Pride uniform, whatever the case may be. And two, there was one year where they decided to put red, white, blue, and black on a helmet. And it looked like a, a gumball. <laughs> <laughs> it was like gumball blue, basically. That was the one that offended me the most because I had so much hope for this Lone Star Pride logo. And it seemed like every time they tried to do something with it on the uniform, they added blue somewhere. 
and it just doesn't work. You know, you can't color a uniform. I, there's there's probably some exception out there that I can't think of, but I can't see it working to cover a uniform in basically bruise and blood color and try to make it work. You've got to just pick one or the other. You've got to take the black out or you've got to take the blue out or you've got to take maybe the – no, if you take the white out, it would still look bad. Red, black, and blue. Ugh. No, that wouldn't work either. It's a bruise. It's the blue. Yeah, that's just – that's really – that's all you're left with is just pain. Just <laughs> tortured pain on display in high definition. So speaking so, of, of, of these guys get to see my hands move like crazy. I'm, I think the uh, like I think the over when we were doing the wounded warrior stuff too, and and all these are great causes. That's what made it so bad. Right. The wounded. I think it was the wounded warrior one where everything looked like some sort of weird like white on black circuit board. You know, with all the you remember that with all these like interlocking. It the was everywhere. Camo. Yeah, kind of ish. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It know. wasn't. Quite, they didn't quite pull it off, but it was close. Oh, I blame Spencer for all of this. Good. He worked there, and he's in like communications, and they're always the what the worst ideas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that one was um, well, Spencer. Your turn. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm looking at the, that's one that had like uh, the different things across the the back where it said courage or freedom or instead of the names of the players, uh, and it was over the the shoulders and the numbers. Never wrap up. Yeah, that's you. That, those were <laughs> well. So, okay, so the outside of performance, the the jerseys with the never quit on the back, and then having Baker Mayfield give up on a pick six was just perfect. It's on brand for everything about that. Um, that was greatness. That is a great GIF. Yeah, um, yeah, it's worth it. I think I I don't know if it was this one um, with the 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 beige and the gray camo that was Tuberville's first wounded warrior. I think that was the best one. Um, past well, that. I think part, part of the reason that might've been so good was because I think tech beat Missouri. They did. And Missouri came in ranked in the top 10 or something that year. And, uh, somehow pots played, I think pots didn't start, but he came in. I can't remember what all happened. I was at the game, but this was, you know, a decade ago. And, that that kind of softened those uniforms for me a little bit because I think Tech actually won it, and I think that may have been one of the only wins in one of those uh, Wounded Warrior or Lone Star Pride uniforms that Tech has ever had. Yeah, because when which when like tech- like Keith said, it's such a shame because Wounded Warrior, yeah, immediately you want to support that. I mean, that's a great program, and then. Like Marcus Luttrell was at the game. Yes, for that they, Lone Survivor one. Like that they, was so cool. They parachuted in. Yeah, and they the had guy paratroopers with, come in with yeah, one of them the, had no legs. He had no legs. He had like those those chrome legs. It was incredible. Yeah. Can't stand. Walking to my pickup after, and his buddies tailgating, and they were all. I'm like guys, he didn't have legs. Like you needed to pay more attention. To yes. what was going this was, on. That was the the only and best way to land it, and he nailed it. So I mean, I was awesome. Yeah, I I always hated that. You know, I always hated that. It just seemed like they never got um, they never got the enthusiasm and the credit it deserved for the cause that it was actually for. I mentioned the Falcons. Does anybody want to explain that? Spencer, you got that one because I, 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 I haven't I, seen I'm it. I'm not as 
I'm not as big of a uniform as expert as as most, but uh, they released their was it today? And friend of the show Rob Bro was immediately on it and uh, accused Cliff Kingsbury of designing the Atlanta Falcons new uniforms because there are a lot of similarities between the uniforms that Tech wore during the Kingsbury years versus what is being yes. put out in okay. Georgia as we speak. So one of the new Atlanta Falcons uniforms was the one that I would consider worst ever. And it was the red to black ombre they wore against Oklahoma. Oh yeah. The gradient. Yeah. And like the red to black, it's just not a good, like those two colors don't, they don't, there's no good transition to that. There's like a hard line. It's really strange. So outside of the Lone Star Pride, which I think were the worst all like of all time for tech, um, one because you you always played you always use those uniforms against Texas, and during that time they just they kicked your trash. Um, you always had a terrible game. The Wounded Warrior games, I was I was a lot more lenient on those. I I, I think they were cool concepts. Um, the red to black ombre against Oklahoma for me hands down is the worst. Then the other one I think a lot of people consider up there for worst uniforms that I think is I guess a lot of undue hate or, or just I, I disagree with it was the white and silver uniforms they wore on the road against Oklahoma State. Because of the Rorschach test on their thigh pads? <laughs> you mean like the, the, the massive dong they had on there? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. This is G-rated. Yeah, that's why you bring that filth in here. <laughs> um, so yeah, for, for me, it has to be rails. you know worst ever had to be that that red to black ombre. I think a lot of people are in agreement, like in terms of best those uh, Southwest Conference throwbacks. Basically, any arrangement that we've seen since the first time they brought it back against Arkansas, um, whether it's you know the black and gray. Um, although I, I don't think Keith's a fan of the gray, but um, anytime they, they've worn those, it, it's been pretty popular. And then just the the standard, you know, red and black. I, for me, the the combination I, I I think that doesn't get worn enough that that I like is the black helmet, red jersey, black pants. And I know it was before it got all tricked up um, with Kingsbury and. Tuberville, so really is in the leech years with that that stripe down the the front sides of it. But that was one of my favorites. Um, and then I know a lot of people hated the 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 bass boat paint helmets. Um, I I was not so opposed to those as a lot of people are. So what, what are some of you guys' opinions on, on best uniforms before we move on to the the logos? Cliff Kingsbury, everything he wore a one hundred two, fantastic. All wide on the road. Good guys roll into town. Those those rounded, old school numbers when we wore like gear or whatever that brand was. Those are awesome. Uh, I'm I'm not. I don't really have like a huge. I mean, all the all blacks are nice, but they've kind of faded on me because I have this very bad taste in my mouth for all the times we've called for a blackout and lost. So, uh, I think. You know, I, I think Matt Wells was smart in just saying if we ever, whenever we play at night, we'll wear all black as opposed to, oh, it's a night game against Texas. Yeah, we're going to lose by 17. But anyway, the the all blacks, of course, are, are great. They're iconic. Uh, but what I've really enjoyed lately are the red helmets. 
I've, I've enjoyed how they've worked those in like red and white and white on the road is nice or red and white, red is nice on the road. Um, that's been something that kind of surprised myself how much I enjoyed the, the red helmets and the white ones too, honestly. It's, I, it's, it's, it's a pretty clean look when they, when they go all white, I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, hashtag, aren't we the red Raiders, but <laughs> the all white's a nice look too. I would, I love the resurgence of, of strong red. I'm all about it. I, I that's, that has an old school feel to me. And I don't go back to like the seventies as a tech fan, like, a, like a lot of people do, but man, I, I just love getting some old school in there. I love the Southwest conference throwbacks. I've been a big fan of those every time they've done them for sure. So, and I'm just showing my age with Cliff was my undergrad era or the, you know, the first couple years of my undergrad, but, um, and the Falcons thing, it's not just the fade They're The font is exactly yeah. that, that football font that they got into big, uh, the la- you know, a few years ago. I mean, it, you look at the uniform and if not for the Falcon logo, it looks exactly like a tech uniform especially kind of early Kingsbury. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's, it's very similar. All right, so let's, let's move on to the, the best logo. The, the athletic department had this bracket of eight different tech logos. Some of them I don't even think should have been up there, like the, the eighth C that was just awful. Um, I, it, it's going to be hard to really describe remember. all these. The, so the eighth seed was the one that was like a, a triangle with a, the Matador Master Rider coming out of the triangle. Oh, I've always hated that. It looked like a kid designed that in an elementary school contest. So I, I have a pillow in that exact shape, and that's about all it's good for is, is a pillow. That's, that <laughs> logo shape is awful. Um, so the, the number one seed was the, the 3D or beveled double T. Um, the two seed was the, the two-dimensional, the, I guess the throwback. Three was the I think the uh, the logo that Michael Lone was, Star the Lone Star with the so it's a black Texas uh, with the white outline and then the double the three D double T on top of that and I like that one that's the flag I have at home too Michael yeah I, I've most of the you know when that first came out I tried to buy all my apparel with that logo and then they started making more flat double T stuff and I kind of switched to that so. For me, I know you haven't gotten to this yet, Spencer, but it goes flat double T is my favorite. And that's, I have to say, that's pretty recent, just kind of as the resurgence of people taking a nod back to some nostalgia and stuff. But the flat double T is my favorite right now with the Lone Star Pride second with, and then of course, just the standard double T third. But I do really like the flat double T with the masked rider, the horse kind of, the, the two front legs in the air and all that. I like that logo too. So that was That's the, probably four. Yeah, that, that was a four seed. The five seed is of Raider red um, with two smoking guns. Six seed was, I think the Dirk West version of Raider red, if I'm not mistaken, or Dirk West inspired or in the style of that. Number seven was the, uh, like the old school, like the old school droopy Raider red. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Not intimidating not at all. Gun shooting at you. One. No, no. Cause that one was five. Number seven was the masked rider uh, coming like directly at you. And like I said, number eight was that pillow, which is the only thing I, I can ever think of when I see that because I, I have that logo as, as a pillow. Um, so for me, probably because of, of when I started my Texas Tech fandom, the, the 3D version of it is still number one for me. I do enjoy, I, I do like the, the flat logo. 
the the two D one. Um, Lone Star Pride. I, I'm, I'm not as high on that as as, as Michael is. I like the um, what would be the five seed, which is the I guess Raider Red that's shooting a gun at you. Uh, the rest of them, you know, meh. <laughs> I'm a flat double T fan. I like the Raider Red shooting guns at you. It's a little cartoony, but my favorite is the raring Master Rider on the flat double T. I've got a on my the back of my Bronco. I I got to, actually had to get approval from the athletic department to get big a big sticker of that printed to put on a blank tire cover on back of my Bronco. I love that logo. It's got that some is, movement to it. It's just old yeah. school feeling. It, it's a sharp logo, and I remember you know back in the mid to early nineties when I was really kind of starting to pay attention to colleges and where I might go and all that. Uh, I would come to visit my family in the in this area. And of course, Texas Tech was a huge part of that. And they had the flat double T. And I remember buying stuff while we were here. My parents bought stuff. And I had a couple of flat double T caps back in the day. And uh, so it just, I, I just do remember that. And, you know, you talk about the Bast Rider. What was that, a seven seed, Spencer? The one that was coming straight at you. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably a reason why. That's the seven seed because I'm wearing a pair of shorts right now that has that masked rider on it. And I know for sure I got them on clearance. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So one more thing I want to touch. I don't think we have time to get into sports movies. I think that's a little more debatable. Um, Cause I think Sandlot is completely overrated. <laughs> just drop that in there for, for Keith. Cause I know Shut just, up. <laughs> you're just dropping the mic and leaving on that one. Okay. So it hurts. It hurts your heart when it won Rob's bracket, didn't it? No. So here's the thing. I voted for it. Cause I think it was better than what was it up against Friday night lights. Yeah. Um, probably the best football movie in my opinion, a movie I have never seen, but I've watched every single episode of the series. So I don't know what that says, but I, so I, I want, want to get your guys take on this, this, um, Texas Tech bingo that a local radio station came out with. And there are 24 squares. So I, I want everybody to keep a running track. Uh, Keith, I know he's already answered. Michael, I don't know if you've seen this or not. but So the, um, the squares go like this. Graduated from Texas Tech. Can recite the whole Matador song by heart. Have thrown a tortilla at a football game. Don't own anything burnt orange. Attended a game at the Coliseum have been to a Tech Athletics postseason game, walked more than 10 minutes from your car to a class, drank a margarita on Broadway, have taken a picture by the Texas Tech Seal, have attended Carol of Lights, was at the 2008 Texas football game, wear more scarlet and black than any other color combo, own a piece of Texas Tech memorabilia, thinks Chris Beard should already have a statue in Lubbock, have a Tech bumper sticker or emblem on your vehicle, own a pair of boots. I don't know how that makes somebody more closely associated to Texas Tech, but it should say wears boots with the appropriate length jeans. That's oh, what it go. should say. Yeah. <laughs> Have seen snow in Lubbock. Base your decisions on what time the tech game is. Had some sort <laughs> of double T involved at your wedding. My groom's cake was in the shape of a double T. So it was mine. Although I got I got I, zero of it. The, the leftover I had, my brother-in-law ate it while we were on our honeymoon, and I was pissed at him for months. <laughs> I used uh, 
you know those old school from the 70s those mccormick whiskey decanters that were the southwest conference mascots have you guys seen those they're like i don't know 11 inches tall or so nine to 11 inches tall they're ceramic decanters you take their hat like you take raider red's hat off and it was a whiskey decanter that sounds amazing it is if you ever go in the alumni association building they have the full set in a case the ut one is turned around backwards Um, (laughs) but uh i bought i got the i have the raider red one and it was on my i didn't have a groom's cake i had fried pies but it was there on the table with some other oh fried pies would have been awesome i had a i had a double t groom's cake red velvet because red velvet's just, some good stuff. I think mine was just uh, double chocolate. Anyways, have experience at Haboob, own a Texas Tech flag or banner, have been issued parking tickets on campus, I believe Tim Tadlock has the best accent in the world, and have <laughs> taken a picture with Raider Red. So of the possible 24 squares, I had 23 on this list. Keith, do you remember how many you had? I said 23 on Twitter because I don't like – being put in a box on being in the stadium for the 08 game. Cause I was tailgating and had the TV from my bedroom there and have a sweet picture of a hundred of us jammed around a 21 inch TV watching <laughs> that. So I feel like I was there. I was part of the festivities, but I'll take 22 or 23. Yeah. So that was the only one that the I- only, the only other one I don't have is the Coliseum. So the only, the, the- 08 football game was the one that I didn't have checked off. Um, I was back in Dallas at the time. Uh, I definitely was tuned in to game day, and I, I was like basically glued to the to ESPN all day that day. Um, watched the game, obviously, I went, but I was not I, at the game. I attended game day live. I mean, it was a two-day tailgate without stopping. It, so from from the broadcast, it looked like one of the more energetic ones that I, I'd ever seen. It was awesome. And, I still have yeah, my I still have my orange uh, hard hat. We had oh the Home Depot. Yeah, we had uh, we had plans to go there, but we had a little bit too much fun the night before, so we didn't quite make it. Uh, we we had the similar amount of fun the night before, I would assume, but we were up there at four thirty in the morning. And cut in line, got free Chick-fil-A, and made it in. That was so, the thing to oh, do. Nice. We made the mistake of going home. Yeah. If we had yeah. just bypassed going home, we'd have made it. Yeah. And then we could have <laughs> could have slept a little bit and then still tailgated some. But and the best thing about tailgating in that particular year, that's when those motorized coolers were a big deal. And oh, people yeah. were riding them around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had um, – I, 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 okay – Y'all got to remember, I'm a transfer student, so I had 19 or 20 of those out of there. Um, one of them is, oddly enough, I don't have a bumper sticker or emblem on my vehicle, not my current one. And so, I have never thrown a tortilla. Wow. So I've, I've never done that. What was the other thing? Uh, I had never went – well, I attended Merkel basketball games at the Coliseum. Because Merkel made the playoffs. Didn't uh, specify. Yeah, that's true. That, now, okay, if I can count that, then that, that counts. But I've never attended a Tech game at the Coliseum. Uh, but I did make the trip from Merkel up in like 1999 or so when they made regionals or area. forgot what it was. And watched them play there. And then um, I have never had my picture taken with Raider Red. That was probably the other one. So Masked Rider, yes, because of my daughter, but not nice. Raider Red. She, she, we tried to, but she was scared. Because of he's him. terrifying. Yeah, he's terrifying. <laughs> the horse, she was fine with the, the, 
you know, the 500-pound animal, no problem. But the, <laughs> the Raider Red was a little much. Yeah, so the... Um uh, the, the thing that's helped me with the, the games of the Coliseum had been those those basketball games the past couple of years. I, I went to both the of those. The throwbacks. Yeah, and then I had – this was back when the, the Tech hockey club team was playing there. I went to a couple of those games, and then I actually had a roommate a couple of years later It was on that team, but I never went – you know, never saw them play because I think at that point they were playing out in Midland. Um, yeah, so the the only thing, like I said, that I didn't get on that list was the 2008 Texas football game. Um, and then what what kind of surprised me, I guess, was, were some of the, the radio hosts that have gone to Texas Tech had 13 and 16 of those things listed off. Like that of 24 possible things, one only had 13. I was like, I, that's kind of sad. Yeah, I was only there for two or three years, but I still managed. I, I, I cracked 20. I'm going to count it. I've seen the game at the Coliseum. It may have been the Merkel Badgers, but by God, I've seen a game at the Coliseum. <laughs> I've called a game at the home of the Merkel Badgers. Yes, you have. <laughs> That's right. I would have given you some tips on a good place to eat, but I think all the places I liked closed down. <laughs> well, and there's one spot that Michael will continue to refuse that's actually in Merkel, but it's that uh, the Jaguars. That is in Thai, Texas, damn it. <laughs> that is not that is not in the oh. Windmill City. How dare you? Thai. The Windmill City. <laughs> so the, the other thing that I I think I'll, I'll touch on really briefly, just so you know, everybody that maybe have checked out of sports um, know that the the content is still churning over there on Staking the Plains. Kyle's got a, a fantastic what if series going on. Um, he's got seven articles so far and six of them just really want to run through it, uh, just to kind of spurn some of your, uh, interest in going back and reading some of these. What if tech had hired rich rod instead of leech back in 2000? Um, what if tech left for the pack 16 in 2010? What if Michael Brewer never got injured in 2013? I'm, I'm interested to hear your, your guys' just real brief thoughts on that. On Michael Brewer? Yeah, so like if, if Brewer hadn't been in, injured, we probably wouldn't have seen the Baker Mayfield, Davis Webb stuff that went on that year. I still remember going to the Baylor game in Arlington, and everyone was really excited when – they announced the starters on the video screen and Michael Brewer's name came up. And then I don't think he ever played. Well, no. So he, he did. No, play, he right? started Even that far. Well, what did he, he play one series? No, maybe? he started. He started because um, Webb came in. What was it? After halftime against, I want to say, Texas State. Was that that wasn't the season opener, was it? I thought that was the second game. SMU was the season opener that Baker Mayfield just came out the gates just like crazy. Was okay. it the season opener or like a road opener? Well, so the the uh, SMU game was both. It was the season opener and it was the road game obviously, but what what got everybody all all excited about that it was it was the first walk-on quarter walk-on true freshman to start a game for a Power 5 and then to do what he did and, and to win the game. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, it's Baker Mayfield is 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 the man." But I thought Michael Brewer did play a half. Didn't he play against Texas 
at the end of the year? I'll have to look at that because it, it threw us off. We'd seen enough. I, I feel like at that time when <laughs> whenever they played Baylor and Arlington, we had just kind of seen enough of Webb and, and Mayfield, at least for that year. And everyone was pretty excited. Well, and by everyone, I mean the group of guys I was with, we were all like, whoa, whoa, is Brewer starting? Is Brewer going to start this game? And then I think, you know, Mayfield had like, he had a few fumbles that game and just was not his best. So in 13, I'm looking at the tech website. Brewer missed the first four games due to injury and he never got a start. He entered um, in the Holiday Bowl. He did enter in the fourth quarter against Texas. He went seven of eight for 65 yards and an 11 yard touchdown to Jason Morrow. Um, season debut as a backup in the fourth quarter at Kansas. So, no, never got a start. I'm sorry. I thought that he did at least get to, but I do remember us starting the season that year with him injured and it being a bummer. Well, and I thought that, you know, I just looked this this up too, and I don't know if it includes postseason stuff, but if he was seven for eight in the Holiday Bowl, he completed seven passes that season. So that might have been it. Basically that and then, you know, some mop-up duty in Kansas. So was it him that came in? Uh, it, it was it was a play. I can't remember if it was for Kingsbury or Tupperville, but there was a backup quarterback that came in with a wide receiver jersey and threw like a double pass, and the opposing coach just like ripped whoever the head coach was. Like that's that's bush league. We would never do something like that, and it, it was like a like an inconsequential play. Like like it, it wasn't like a big gain. It wasn't like, like a touchdown, but whoever the opposing coach was, I don't know if it was if it was Bryles or. Um, his defense quarter Bennett, but they like tore in, into the tech coach that did. I can't remember what year that was. Does that sound familiar to either of you? I don't remember the coaching controversy, but that there, that other part rings a bell. I mean, I'm not very helpful with that, but, but the other part does. And it may have been like, like a Jacob Karam play. And this was like long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, it, it was a backup quarterback, uh, and he came in, like I said, wearing like a, a wide receiver's jersey. So like it didn't even have his name on it. And they threw a double pass. When, when are you talking? Like what time frame are you talking about? Uh, in the past ten years. Oh. But like probably early two thousand. So it would it would have been either been Tuberville or early Kingsbury. Oh, I remember. Well, I remember Tuberville always ran that wildcat, and finally one time they did something with it. Is that what you're talking about? No, because th- th- that was the, the overtime against TCU in Fort Worth, where we actually scored on it. Because I, I remember that they, the the commentators were like, "Texas Tech is in the wildcat again," and they they just hadn't had any success in that game. And then they they had that reverse pass to Daigie, who was lined up as a quarter or as a receiver, then threw the touchdown, but. No, it, it was it was something else. It was, I thought it was like against Baylor, for some reason. Anyways, it, it didn't matter. Um, what if Jared Stidham enrolled at Tech in twenty fifteen? He still would have been a d bag. <laughs> <laughs> what if Tech had hired Chad Morris instead of Kingsbury? And then the one that I think that everybody would be familiar with with my position on is what if Tech had hired Ruffin McNeil to replace Leach? 
So if, if you're interested in, in seeing Kyle's perspective on any of those, go check it out on Taking the Planes. Um, move on, I guess, briefly so we can wrap this thing up and, and talk about everybody's favorite segment in Going Yard. <laughs> Michael, oh how's, how's, that, uh, how's that, that patch of dormant Bermuda coming out front? It's uh, it's sleepily coming to life. There's a little bit of green along the edge where you can tell that the water kind of flows and, and pools a little bit next to the sidewalk. Uh, the yard guys are going to be here on Tuesday. There may actually be enough for them to mow. Maybe time for the first mow of the year here in April, <laughs> like a month behind you. I, I, I'm at the point where I'm mowing twice a week. That's just grotesque. What are you You're not about? busy. I love it. No, it, right. it, it takes me like mows, 30 minutes. Who mows once a week, much less twice? I, I was, you know, twice a month is good for me. Well, okay. So when I say twice a week, it's probably every five days. <laughs> it's in the morning and the evening on the same Saturday. That's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, well, it's t- just... I guess technically twice. If you got to, if you got to pull that cord a couple of times a day, that's twice. um no i'm just obviously joking around but yeah um i i didn't didn't even call for questions michael is there anything wait i have a yard i have a yard hold on (laughs) i i I wasn't gonna yeah come on man i wasn't gonna throw it to you without any any prep you want to give an update on how your yard's coming Keith? sure yeah so my yards are very green but both of them they look awesome once the yard guys mow them and then when i get home and all the dandelions have grown back up it's a little disappointing they never sprayed pre-emergent on my yard so i wonder what i'm paying them every month for if they're not even going to do that um they also texted me this week and tried to tell me i owed them for january and march and so i sent them all the dates i've paid them since then um because they're not cheap and I just want them to shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> it's basically, I want them to show up every week and leave me alone. But um, I do need to start watering, and I do need to get out and do some work and put down some weed and feed and kind of do some of that. I just my yards are big. Like my house was built in 1958. I have a ton of like landscaping in the back. It's not if I if I do my yard work alone. I mean, it's an entire weekend, you know, to try to get anything done. So I'm. I'm more than happy to pay somebody to do it and then just try to keep up with the extras on my. Yeah. So you mentioned throwing down a fertilizer. I, with, with those that have Bermuda, I would wait till after Monday, at least in Lubbock with the supposed. Did you just tell me to not do any yard work over this long holiday weekend? Sold. Done. (laughs) I'm in. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! <laughs> Alright, so we, we, we did get some questions. First up from Brian. Do you start puzzles from the outside in or inside out? Okay, let me answer that first. Yeah, outside in because I'm not a psycho. (laughs) Yeah, what kind of crazy person starts in the middle? Like, let me let me figure out which of these white slash blue slash green pieces is the center. Sorry if that's you, Brian, but no, no, outside in, bro. Yeah, obviously. So, (laughs) 
Kyle got, got that some some appreciation today uh, when he posted, or I don't remember who, who posted in the Slack chat, but there's a screenshot of a conference call, Zoom call. That was me. And he said, thoughts on wearing blazers during Zoom calls. Apparently, he was the only one that was dressed up for it. Um, Total power move. Excellent. <laughs> I, I completely support it. I would never I, do it, but I completely am on board I, with it. I posted it because it happened. Kyle and I are professionally connected also. And so um, he manages that very professionally. I do not. And um, we were in this Zoom call, and I was sitting in my office wearing a cage jacket with Texas Tech baseball in my background. And Kyle's in his living room wearing a blazer with his hair combed. And so I, and we ended up with our windows next to each other. So I took a screenshot and shared it and said, you know, Kyle is a legitimate professional. And I think it was Brian that gave him, or Dan gave him props for, for putting the blazer on at home and like being serious about work. I mean, I was wearing shorts. I have not worn anything but shorts to work other than golf pants. And over spring break, I was wearing nothing but sweatpants. So, because why not? I don't think I've made this up, but I, I swear Kyle posted a photo recently of him on social media with the blazer on and shorts. Oh, so I, I think he's I think he's got it figured out, though. Yeah, so it's whoever said it was a power move. It, it's like on this call right now with Michael. He's got a, a, a pack of bleach wipes over his shoulder, just flexing on 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 Keith and I not being able to define those in the yeah. store. And he's got, just got it displayed in his video. Um, Kyle also asks worst tech unis are sorry. He, he weighs in worst tech unis are home hombres and gray when done distastefully, but it can be done tastefully. And then he asks what, what is the best carry out delivery we've gotten during social distancing? This is, this is my moment. I'm loving this <laughs> question. Okay. All right, where do I start? I know that I've had I, – I'm assuming I'm just going to go first because I jumped in. <laughs> I've had really great carryout from Harrigan's, which Harrigan's has retaken the throne of best chicken fried steak in Lubbock, Texas. And they, they only didn't have the throne because they were physically not open for a few years. But then when they reopened, I can confirm that they still have it. Uh, we've, we've had Harrigan's, which has been, which was excellent. We had West table one night, which was great. I got a couple of growlers. No, I just got one growler that night from, uh, brewery LBK while we were there. Also a good idea. And then growler USA, really great service, great food. Uh, they had good, good deals, good discounts on the growlers we bought. It was 25% off. And then once we got there, they gave me two $5 coupons I could use for future purchases. Um, and then probably the last, I mean, not, not last by any means. Uh, we've picked up one guys, which was awesome. Picked up the calzones. And then I cannot remember the other one I wanted to mention, but uh, we've, Oh, I'm going to Evie Mays tomorrow. And I'm dying to get some of that catfish. My it's mom so loves catfish, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm getting some of it too if they have it. I hope to be there by eleven. They're cooking double tomorrow. Great! So I saw that. I saw that post. I'm, I'm excited. I'd already emailed him earlier this week, like, "Hey, are you guys still doing catfish?" I mean, because I know that <laughs> Lent's Lent's coming up to an end. I'm not Catholic, so I'm not exactly sure when Lent ends, but I think it's this Friday. <laughs> it's this weekend with Easter, man. Yes, I mean it all makes sense. Uh, but, uh, I'm getting that for sure. Hopefully 
tomorrow and going to drop off mom, give her a care package of some of some catfish. That's one of her favorite things. Anyway, so those are my uh, takeout experiences. I, and I know there's one I'm missing. I may come back to it later, but y'all go. Y'all go next. So we haven't done any like true carry out or delivery. We, we, if we've eaten out, it's been more out of convenience. We grab some fast food, but I did order today, or I guess yesterday, some uh, prime ribeyes from Red Ritter Meats, um, and they overnight oh. shipped them to my door, and they arrived this morning. So it took I don't know eighteen hours from the time that I ordered to the time they arrived, which is unusual because you know it, it's in town. That's not going to be how it usually works. But they were doing it for five dollars shipping because they they can't offer curbside or pickup and their retail store is closed so i picked up a pack of steaks for this weekend for easter we were looking at doing something more traditional like a ham or something but um the ones we were finding were like 65 dollars. like i don't want to spend that much on, on ham i will spend that much on steaks and i did um and i also got a pack of their like jalapeno cheddar sausage which is just phenomenal oh nice very nice so keith I know that you you are a little more into the carry out scene than obviously we are. What, what have you gotten that has been noteworthy during this time of social distancing? Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to anybody in Lubbock. So my buddy, who's kind of one of the he's one of the old school heckler group. He's a big tech baseball fan, Kyle Rogers. He just started a, a Facebook group like, hey, you know, here's the offerings in Lubbock. He, he thought it'd be a place where people could say, here's what restaurants are still selling food curbside. And now it has over 4,000 members. And it's people, people just sharing pictures and talking about what they're getting and their experience. So it's a great way to see kind of who's doing what. I've learned about new restaurants there. But, like, what a time to be alive where – Beautiful. We, we have been asked – well, we're all essentials. So, like, we're going to the office or – something you know at least some but we've been asked basically to stay in our houses and by god order a pizza it's your civic duty <laughs> to keep those restaurants alive like that's where we are right now and so we did the same thing as y'all spencer we were just kind of doing like chick-fil-a and stuff and so we got a little more purposeful i had a long evening at picoso's one time but it ended up being fantastic food um, they do an awesome job. Their drinks are awesome. They're doing delivery. So I've really liked Picoso's a lot. It's near my office, so that's an easy kind of stop as I head home. Um, we did West Table last week for my birthday. That was easy. I ordered, just drove up. They brought it out to me. No big deal. Uh, I also got a couple of single cans from Brewery LBK and then a couple of mixed drinks also, which – so Picoso's puts them – they're like – it's like margarita mix, for instance, in a cup with ice, and then they give you the setup. So you get like a like an airplane bottle of, of uh, Blue Agave Cuervo and the lime and the salt and whatever. And so I go home and kind of make it myself. But at West Table, you know, these cocktails are a little more crafted, and they just put it in a soup bowl. So <laughs> there's just two <laughs> bowls of booze. <laughs> and one of and the, the old-fashioned I got had an orange peel floating in it. So I dumped them on, on ice at home in another glass. And Fantastic. I laughed and said, so these are in bowls. And she goes, yeah, you can put them in a fancy glass if you want. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you so much <laughs> for permission. But they were awesome. West Table was fantastic. Um, we did um, – Las Brisas tonight. It was my wife's birthday. It may have been the one of the best meals we've had too. It was it was great. I didn't get any drinks this time, but it was an awesome one. Um, 
I've done a lot of Evie Mays. In fact, when this all started, Evie Mays is not only just doing, they have three drive-through lines, so they'll get you through pretty quick to get food, but they're also doing freezer sales. And so they're selling a lot of bulk frozen stuff. If you just want to kind of pack your freezer, which I did when this started and I got a brisket and a, and a turkey and some ribs. Um, but yeah, those two have been excellent. And Picosos has become a big time go-to and I actually went to Thai Thai today for lunch and that was fantastic. I called orders. You can find pictures of the menu online and drove through. I think I was the only car coming through at the time. They walked it out to me. Everything was super safe. It was just, I've really enjoyed that. And I would much prefer to go to restaurants like that, that are local and that I know are taking good precautions because I've definitely gone to some fast food places where I was feeling kind of unsafe, you know? And so I, I'm feeling like uh, I want to support local, but also looking for restaurants that are training their folks. Yeah, like like sometimes you feel like some corners are being cut somewhere. Um, and and you know I I just wanted to go back to Growler USA. I know it's a chain, technically, but I know that the guy that runs it used to be Raider Red at some point while he was at Tech. And I mean he's there every time we've been there. He's always talked to us. He's been really nice. The food's great. They've got a hundred beers on tap. Go see him. You know we'd love for this place to stay open. It became my wife and I's. Uh, you know, one of our favorite places to go. And when we had a date night, we were like, well, where should we go? And we would immediately think Growler USA and go like, ah, but we always go there. And then we would just still go there. But uh, that's one that I would really try to recommend. I know that it may be more of, it doesn't seem as local as some of the others, but it, it's it's pretty local. It's got some good connections to, to tech for sure. But, you know, I'm dying to have some uh, Pecos Queso from Caprock. I think that's got to happen in my future at some point. And I think uh, there was a couple others that I hadn't quite gotten around to yet. But, yeah, we're we're doing our part. We're trying to do, you know, two or three maybe a week to, to get a couple of, uh, you know, some of the local – folks in and, and try to help where we can and, and hopefully it makes a difference we'll we'll see i like to order extra too and just have some leftovers you know extra meal oh, yeah. or whatever i did that at lunch today just something for the fridge for the weekend but i know i talked to uh, some restaurant owners that i'm friends with and they told me like hey we're making it like we're about 15 to 20 percent down but we're surviving you know and i think that's as much as we can possibly hope for right now you know it seems like that's that's a good thing you know, one thing I thought of driving past, uh, I forgot where I was going recently. Oh, I, was, I went to Growler USA to pick up my meal, and I drove past the brand new Twin Peaks restaurant. And I would be surprised if they come back because that was just a really poorly timed, not by anyone's fault, but I think they had their grand opening a week or 10 days before everything shut down. And they had a really rough start too. Oh, I mean, well, just that makes everybody sense. does. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody does. So that that's not that's not unheard of. And you know, it's probably not a place that I would be allowed to frequent. But uh, it's just I just don't see it coming back. I'm I'm not sure if it's going to or not. I don't. Th- there wasn't any activity over there. I'm sure they're not doing curbside or anything like that. Uh, but I, I know there's going to be some some people that probably were working there that just may never go back to work. I'm not sure. Well, and I, I will say watching that it's Lubbock, Texas restaurant offerings during lockdown is the Facebook group. Um, but I've seen a lot of people post all American eatery, which I've eaten there and they do an awesome job. Their food's fantastic kind of home cooking. 
They have, I've also seen a lot of, of Rachel's. Uh, it's a Mexican place. That's one that I'd never heard of, and I'd like to try it. It looks really good. And then lots of Cast Iron Grill. And Cast Iron Grill, who's not usually open for dinner uh, they're do- or on the weekends, they're doing family-style dinners every night of the week. Like tonight was King Ranch Casserole with some other stuff, and you could buy it by number of people. So we're going to do some of that. That was the last restaurant we ate at in person. When all this started, we took our daughter there for breakfast early in spring break before everything started shutting down. And uh, I'm definitely going to be ordering some cast iron grill. But those are kind of three more options that maybe people don't see as much. All American Eateries out on um, Slayton Highway, and they do an awesome job. And Joe Heffley, that's one of the owners, he used, he spent forever at Texas Tech Baseball as one of the guys in blue shirts out on the field. He has a big, long beard and kind of started a restaurant and catering place. And it's it's top notch. Can you say the name of, of that group one more time? It's Lubbock TX Restaurant Offerings During Lockdown. <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite a mouthful. Yeah, I actually added it while uh, while you were talking just now. But I talked to Kyle the other day, and he's, I asked him if he thought that it would do that. And he was like, no, I, I just thought people would talk about what they were getting, you know, or we would just share who's selling what or whatever. And all of a sudden, there's four or 5,000 people in it. Like, it's awesome, you know. And it's become a great place for restaurants to talk about what they're doing and people to get out and support them, which, I mean, we certainly can do our best. Yeah, I, I know. Know that one of our local favorites, the Shack, they had to close their doors last week. Um, you know, fortunately, Evie Mays is still going. I'm not sure if Eddie's is still going. You know, a couple of these other smaller barbecue places. I know Pit Forks and Smoke Rings is still going out in, in Slayton, which yeah. is a place I've I have yet to go. I need to go, and especially now, probably. But uh, Me too. I know they're still rolling, and uh, you know, Hill Barbecue still rolling. Their hours are kind of odd. I think they're only on thursday and saturday but they're they're doing stuff too so you know there, there's a lot of places if, if you've got the opportunity to and we know that not everyone does but if you do you can try to keep some of these guys you know in business a little bit you know give it a little bit where you can um you know think about it you probably go out to eat once or twice a week anyway try to pick some place local that you think uh will help the local economy a little bit and keep some of your fellow lubbockites employed a lot of them are doing neat things too. Um, I'm glad you mentioned pit forks and smoke rings. It reminded me that Kyle does a featured restaurant of the day on that Facebook group. So some kind of places maybe you haven't heard of. A lot of people I've seen a lot of people ordering from Teddy Jack's. That's been a popular one. Oh uh, yeah, Krusty's Pizza. And then I know Woody's Woodfire Grill. I think um, they have great pizza, great food. But then some of these places, I think it's Woody's. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I know there was a restaurant that was not charging delivery fees for truck drivers. So when truck drivers were coming into truck stops, they were delivering to them for free. And there was community members just sending in like an extra $100 and saying like, hey, pay your drivers. I appreciate you delivering to truck drivers who are keeping the supply chain going. You know, so there's some cool things that they're trying to do too. I know Picoso's is trying to feed 5,000 healthcare workers. Um, The other day, a friend of mine put together a deal from different restaurants. Chick-fil-A jumped in immediately as did Picoso's trying to uh to feed everybody that's out at the covid 19 testing lab at reese technology center um throughout the month of april because they're working they're not just testing for lubbock they're testing for like 67 counties so there was uh that was pretty cool to see our community pull together like that it i, I just remembered ike's wood fire grill is the ike's. place that i could yeah. not remember earlier and 
when you said Teddy Jacks, I knew that they're run by the same uh, by the same folks. And Ike's has been a place that we discovered pretty recently before all this happened. Really enjoyed going there. Got some uh, carry out there a while back. White queso, a a complete bag full of chips. We ate on it. We ate on it for two days. And if you guys know how much I love tortilla chips, you know that's a lot of tortilla chips. So that was another one to to you know to try on 82nd, just across from uh, Abuelos. Spencer, are you still here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I taking just, notes. I basically I just sat back and was like, all right, I, I need to figure out some places to go because it's. When we eat, it's hard for for me to get Samantha to to agree to anything else beside her usual fast food places. She's fairly picky and or just she knows what she likes, and she, it's hard for her to to decide to try something else out because I think she's done that several times before, especially when I've, I've tried to encourage that, and she's had bad experience, um, so which I guess is my fault. But it's um, one of those things. Like I I need to find some of these these places where I can like branch out a little bit for her so we can stop going to you know one of these uh fast casual mexican chains in town where as we pulled up to the drive-thru window i think all the employees had masks on but they were pulled down under their chins like what guys that's 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 not doing anybody anything um and and what keeps your adam's apple safe (laughs) i think it was keith's point like that you don't really feel all that safe when you're like, well, you've got the the equipment there, and you're not even using it properly, um, and you just prepared my food. Cool, thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there, <laughs> there are some places that I I, I definitely want to try. Uh, and I, I would add one more thing: it hasn't been a place that we've we've eaten at um, during social distancing or this time, but it was the last restaurant I've actually eaten in before all this happened. It was Berkeley Hills. And it was for a coworker's birthday. Oh, uh, nice! We really wanted to go out there, and then this happened. And we we actually thought about. I think they're still doing some. Uh, they're still I doing. Think they some are doing out. some carry out yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they have like some wine deals. Funky Door has some really cool deals where you can get a bottle of wine and and a couple other things with it. But uh, we've we've actually thought about doing the Berkeley Vineyards or whatever it is yeah. uh, during this to try to kind of make up for the fact that we couldn't do it before this all happened. Yeah. So I, I believe they're local. I, I think they started out in level land and that now they have the, the uh, location downtown. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it probably had to been the week before spring break. Uh, so, you know, probably a month ago now, um, went there for lunch for a coworker's birthday. Everybody like we all left really satisfied with, with everything we got. No, nobody had the same thing. We all kind of picked off each other's plates. We shared, we had lots of appetizers as well. Um, so it was a place that we really enjoyed. And I, I don't know if that's a place I can get Samantha to go back to, but it was something that um, out of the ordinary for me, but I, I actually enjoyed that Berkeley Hills. And I, I believe they're still doing carry out. Um, yes, I think so. Cause my wife was really interested in trying to get some stuff from there. So I, I think they are. Yeah. Um, let's wrap this up. Cause I'm pretty sure we're, we're closing in on two hours. Um, <laughs> that's never happened. Talk. Yeah. That's never happened before. <laughs> no, this, this is this, the first this is, this is, food podcast. That's what happens every time the, we, we bring a guest on. Um, and 
I say I that. I mean, it's not like it's not like I don't like to talk. <laughs> I, I I say that like I'm blaming Keith or just having a guess in general. There there have been some episodes with just Michael and I have gone for two hours. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I want to say before you sign off, I want to say thanks for you guys always plugging Dinger Derby. I appreciate it. Dinger Derby's been a ton of fun. It's not going anywhere, but obviously baseball has has gone gone away for this year. But Dinger Derby will be back. We'll get you some info. Uh, for everybody but appreciate you guys always pushing it and it's always been fun and i listen to all your episodes which i won't say that for everybody and i always either laugh or yell in my pickup trying to correct correct you about baseball so especially michael (laughs) (laughs) how many strikes getting out i don't know (laughs) well we we definitely appreciate you joining us tonight and obviously your, your 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 listenership um you know i excited that that you you wanted to come on tonight and and just shoot the breeze with us um just because you know the the new normal for us i don't i don't know what what our recording schedule may be like it may be every couple of weeks i'm not even sure um just kind of as, as we move through this we obviously we've got lots of content available from the providers the writers over on staking the plains we've had some people reach out to us uh or people that we, we were going to reach out to as well um, but just one of those things where like without sports, it's kind of hard to, to carry on a sports podcast. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the stuff that we were talking about rankings and picking best uniforms, and I, I, that's all been done. It's, it's, it wasn't anything that I, I came up with obviously. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to be spending a lot of creative energy, uh, at a time when I'm also an essential worker working 10 hour days, um, most days of the week, and I don't know it's 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 something that we're we're, we're going to kind of figure out how, how we're going to go moving forward. But obviously, appreciate your time tonight, Keith. Um, if you want to give us a hint when we might get that Dinger Derby podcast, we we I don't I don't have a hint. Um, <laughs> and and to be totally, I I don't. I I've talked to Gus and George. I'm not going to do one by myself. I want to get all three of us together and kind of recap like we did tonight a little bit, kind of talk it the holistic view of baseball right now, what we're seeing, um, what the implications are for tech and look ahead a little bit. And then we'll talk about, um, you know, and that involves some major league stuff and minor league stuff too. So I'm going to wait till I can get them, but we're kind of waiting for things to settle and shake out just a little bit. So that's why we haven't had an episode yet. And, uh, um, also, I mean, we're all mourning and, it feels it feels a little weird and and we're trying to we're trying to look for bright sides like hey maybe they can start construction on the clubhouse you know oh wait the athletic department's going broke you know like we don't know what's happening yeah. so um so yeah I, I don't have a an estimate and i'm trying to be sensitive to those guys and whatever they've got going on too but i would i would think here this month we'll get a pretty long one out or a double episode to uh to kind of recap where everything stands Sweet. We'll be definitely looking forward to that. Um, so for, for Keith and for Michael, I want to appreciate, I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Dinger, not Dinger Derby. Good gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Infiltration. Thanks for joining He's in your us. Head, I know he was so, so much in my head about baseball and Dinger Derby. I was signing out as if I was the Dinger Derby host. Thanks for joining us this week, this episode on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll catch you next time.
Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.